We missed you at the four o'clock show, man. We're just going to miss you. Just letting you know now. <laughs> I know you got stuff to do. And yeah. we, we, we support you 100%. We are just going to miss you. There was going to be a hole in the show without you there, man. Right just, here. Yeah. <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> i'm sorry no no it's, it's, like, well, it's, it's like it's that, cool, that we, we love that you and song, we support you you know that video like that video that i did it, it, it's just a quickly thrown together thing but quickly thrown together that video took me two hours to make on my fucking phone that's the kind of time i don't have so i understand hey i had a know, video it, all it, the time it's it sucks man you know that it sucks that it, ha it has to be done number one like i can't just put a song out and be like check out my song no you've got to have all this stuff to go along with it and you've got to manage all the socials and it just i don't know and that's not even like i'm not even saying that you know music is the reason that i have to step away it's that plus all of the other shit it's just too much stuff right now. I am way too busy. Yeah. What's up, Vic? How's it going, Dred? Good, good. We were just telling them how much we're going to miss them on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Had a lot of fun hanging out with you, man. Huge anus-shaped hole that's well, filled. If Dred just wears that wig more often, it'll be and some sunglasses. You know? gonna have, you're going to have to step up. <laughs> To the plate we'll it'll be big like it's a big shoes to fill right there i don't know bde to fill yeah uh yeah well, the shoes are small you, you, you can definitely Can't fill my it. shoes i don't have the energy though <laughs> your old men don't have the energy yeah, i don't anymore. don't i don't feel bad i i don't that's I don't a new really movie no energy for old men <laughs> yeah. yeah yes that's not okay. that's every day i think for people over yeah. like 35 it just starts yeah. to get, you it slow does. way down it, yeah, yeah it does yeah, oh, there, there it is. Hey, there we go. Hey, dudes. What's up? All right. <laughs> there yeah. he is. Getting a little Damn, nervous there. <laughs> yeah. We thought, man, I, if you don't want to be on the show, all you have to do is say no. It's okay, man. <laughs> I wouldn't. You wouldn't even have seen my face on here. I'd, I'd be somewhere else. So don't worry. I, I want to be here. We were, we were really <laughs> hoping you would just write answers down with Sharpie on a pad of paper. And yeah, to hold them up. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> at a time. We'll just do a lot of yes and no questions. <laughs> Take it easy for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of opportunities just to say, fuck you know yeah. things like that yeah you could reuse cards definitely that'd be awesome <laughs> there's no rules with our show no well i'm glad to hear that that's lawless good. absolute lawlessness here <laughs> that's, that's, that's how i live you know that vic <laughs> i do i do <laughs> yeah uh, i'm looking forward to hearing some uh, road stories because i know you guys toured with vic for, for a while so believe me we're going to be asking about that i hope absolutely. to hear a lot something oh, embarrassing uh, there's there's much more than I can remember, and I can remember a lot of crazy shit. So you're gonna <laughs> excellent. That's we like that's the kind of stuff we love, man. Yeah, story time. That's our. I favorite. think that I think that we just dive in with that. I because I, I immediately the first thing I see Robbie's face, and then I see Kevin Chapel and Chris eating fucking progresso soups with their hands right out of the can. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Right out of the can. Doesn't even warm it up. And I'm like, wow, like using man, a, spoon a spoon or just with his fingers? No, spoon. no, just fucking fingers. I'm not like chicken noodle, too. Yeah, oh. it was the worst, dude. They were. Oh, my God. <laughs> there is so much worse than that, though, that happened even on that tour as far as food and drink. Awesome. Like, OK, least. I can't wait. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's All do right, the Montag, thing. do it. All do right. Let's go. Let's, 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 let's do it, man. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Jeff from Volcana, and you are listening to Heavy Metal Horror.
I am Montag, master of illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Hey, this is Chop Top. Keep it heavy. And this is Dreadful. Hey, what's up, brother? My name is Wildcard, Vic Stone, Wildcard, fucking brother. Yeah, and you're watching and listening to Heavy Metal Horror. That's right. Okay. <laughs> well, they just took my thunder. <laughs> there it is. Well, he just blew my water. He's, he's ready to get on with it. I think he's ready to get out of here. Start your shit. <laughs> and you are watching and listening to Vic Wildcard Stone. Heavy. Woo, kitties. Tonight we have a fun show. We've got Robbie Rainey from Possessor and Carriage. Robbie, welcome to Heavy Metal Horror. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it's, it is a pleasure to be here, Vic. It's been a while, dude. So I'm excited to get been. into some crazy stories and have some fun tonight. <laughs> That, that's that's what we love man we we've oh. got we've got questions i hope you have uh packed the sandwich and uh we're ready to go because we can be here and um no this is going to be this is going to be exciting lots of good road shows or stories and uh i have to say you know vic when when he you know because I, I a lot of the bands that he's toured with you know he always tells us here's who it is and i i listened to your carriage album and oh my fucking Ooh. god Jesus, that is a fucking amazing album, Robbie. Yeah. Uh, Man, I'm glad to hear they that. Should pr- they should preface it. this with their massive, ev- everyone on the show are massive King Diamond fans, which is precisely oh, why you're okay. ticking all the boxes with Good. Carriage. I'm, a, well, I'm among the right people then. We're- yeah, I mean, for <laughs> me, when I listened to it, it was like, okay, new wave of British heavy metal meets black metal with a heavy King Diamond influence. I'm like, oh my God, there's yeah, well, that's, well, that's everything I wanted. And I saw the, the cover is great. I'm like, the only thing I would have tweaked on the cover, maybe I have to look at it again, but sure. like, I would have put the old lady in a nun's habit and still have the inverted cross. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that would I be fucking you. What a t-shirt. There you man. go. There right? you go, Montag. Right? Yeah, when you really release the ideas. it, re release. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll just draw it on there. I'll just get a copy. I'll just draw the nun's habit on there. So we'll just let you do it then. <laughs> yeah, yes. To, <laughs> yeah. I just sell my drawing. Just give me a sharpie, and I'll let the guys know. Just a silver sharpie. It's gonna look great. Yeah, great, perfect. Awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. And and you know, again, it's it's always great. Uh, Always happy to have people on, and and uh, appreciate you taking your time with us. So, of course, um, we're gonna ask some some background questions. That's what we like to kind of start with the broad sense. So, um, you know, when did you uh, first get into music? Well, um, as far back as I can remember, probably when I was like five or six uh, is when I first remember um, caring about music, I guess. Um, We'd be in the car driving with my mom and sister and dad, and we would, they would often, back then there was oldie stations on the radio. Now you don't even get that on FM really. But um, so we got into like, or I got into like Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Um, I got into Roy Orbison um elvis i was huge huge into elvis at that age um and that was really kind of the first one that really struck with me um so we uh i got lucky and my parents at one point my dad got a job offer to go to tennessee and it gave us the opportunity to go to graceland and that just kind of furthered my interest in all that so i got to see that at a really young age and i guess that's where it started i mean i had cassette tapes my parents would get me cassette tapes of 
those guys, you know, any of the oldies, like sixties, fifties stuff. Um, I was really into, I still am really into that stuff. And it's funny because my musical journey went so much further away from all that in a way, but only recently have I started to like, I'll hear an old fifties or sixties song and be like, Oh my God, I know, I know this song. Like I know the words to, how do I know this? And it's like, just reactivates a memory from back then. And I'm like, Holy crap. I remember listening to this with yeah. my parents or something. So I guess mm. that's kind of where it all started in a way. Nice. Yeah. I think most of us, I mean, I grew up in a musical household as well. And I know, uh, I'm not sure about Dreadbull or Chop. I'm, and Vic definitely came from a musical household. Um, that's definitely. a big influence. You know, as you grow up, you hear that music as a kid yeah. and, and it's still important, you know, as you grow older. Yeah, absolutely. And it connects back to a, you know, a, a familial tie. I remember those times with them and it's more than even just the music. So it kind of connects it in a really nice nostalgic way for me too. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's so, interesting background for uh, somebody that ends up in a, in metal. Right. You know? I know. But we, yeah, we hear absolutely. that a lot though. There's some really <laughs> surprising, uh, really cool. surprising yeah, uh, foundations for music. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I feel like I've always been into um, maybe, and maybe that's the reason why I kind of stuck to my guns on a lot of like cleaner vocal styles that I was into even throughout the rest of my musical journey and even beyond what I did myself because honestly the stuff that I've recorded myself is a lot probably more rough edged than I would even typically do carriage was kind of getting into where I feel like most of my talents probably lie whereas like possessor I was just pushing at the edge that that band was just pure chaos all the time like even getting through like make them eat metal live was like, I could barely, like I was always at the very edge of my, not even ability, but just endurance. Like, it's just like, it, it's, it's a, it's a special well, kind of thing to have to do that type of shit. So what I remember most about your vocals, Rob, were, was that you had the falsettos and then you had your regular voice. And I got to be honest yeah. with you, dude, it, it, like, you know, cause I'm more familiar with possessor than carriage, even though I have the stuff. Yeah. You know, we spent a lot of time together, so yeah. I'm familiar with it. Dude, your fucking regular singing voice, like just the regular delivery shit was fan fucking tastic because you had like a grit and then you had the vibrato. You could control your voice. So you had a fucking great timber to your voice. So I, I was always I've always been a fan of your vocals in particular, man. I, I think you're a fantastic vocalist. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's I mean it's it was also kind of weird because around here there aren't any there's nobody else that does it like we did even even still now in the current music scene i mean it's just so unheard of to even have any kind of i mean melody or anything to right vocal. right I mean, more than just any kind of tone or anything like it's here it's all just pure like grindcore like mm -hmm. death metal and all that stuff and i can find things that i like in that music because i'm a huge guitar fan like i love a, right. if there's a good guitar player i can get into it but um yeah so i think that's that kind of helped maybe set us apart in different ways with possessor or even with carriage is that everyone was like oh that's that's the band with the guy that sings that's right the, you know this crazy bullshit that it right, <laughs> yeah. right. i appreciate that i, I, I think it's what's so refreshing robbie about uh carriage listen to that album is just you know, it was what 2018, I believe, was the release on that. Yeah, I think so. And I think what's so interesting is how you guys meld everything from the new wave of British heavy metal with Fate and Diamond, but it still sounds fresh, and it still sounds—it's it's, just—it's really cool. Can you encapsulate a little bit about how you how you feel about 
yeah. you know, how you guys progress with your sound. And, and sure. if you get that same feeling as well, that it just, it just sounds, it's nice and refreshing. Let's put it that way to have that in the metal world where everything starts to sound similar and the same. And yeah. Cool. I, I, and thank you for that too. Um, yeah. So I can elaborate on that. So some of the, the influence going into carriage was kind of as possessor was coming to an end. Um, we were writing the songs that we didn't get recorded and not even because we recorded death race forever and possessor. And that was kind of the last thing that we officially recorded and released. It wasn't like we didn't release it on CD or anything, so you can't get it anywhere online, but um, that was kind of treading into territory where we were getting into what would eventually be carriage. And a lot of stuff we were writing at the end of possessor was getting more into that style um, and shifting a little bit away from thrash, I guess, even though there's still plenty of, that style i think buried in carriage um it was always kind of my interest to go to something that was a little bit more you know i mean at the beginning of carriage it was directly merciful fate because i've always been into merciful fate and king diamond of course um but i was that was the original intention was like hey i want to write more like merciful fate i want the riffs to be like xyz i want you know this type of sound stamp and then as we as possessor broke away and we decided to start a new project um that really kind of freed us up to feel like well we can do anything now because that was the i won't say it was the problem with possessor but um one of the things about possessor is that we felt like we had to be in a certain box mm -hmm. and my style didn't necessarily um i was finding myself wanting to go to different places i'll put it that way so as far as vocally and what the types of songs i wanted to write so um I think that's kind of where it started was just like a, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did something that sounded like merciful fate or X, Y, Z. Um, and as we started writing the album, we did like into the night, we wanted it to be like an accept style thing. So I did that, okay. that kind of thing on that song specifically, but it, it was just neat to be able to be like, okay, I want this song to sound like accept. I want this, these songs to sound like merciful fate. I want, like these different stamps, different things I haven't tried before even. I mean, there was a lot of like experimentation of like, okay, is this song even going to work on the album because it sounds different from the other ones, but I think it's closely melded enough and the people that would listen to us would likely be into that sort of thing as well. So it didn't really matter as much that maybe like a couple songs might have a, a different style kind of jumping away from the other ones. Um, but it was just nice to be able to get into something that had different tempos even. I mean, I was just used to just like this onslaught, like nonstop where I'm just like screeching at the, you know, peaks of of my fucking lungs, like where I'm just barely holding on for dear life. And uh, right. so it was, it was nice to be able to have a more relaxed, um, even live uh, carriage was a lot easier for me to deliver on because my talents i think lied more in the singing and things like that and less into like i mean the more i had to push my voice to get that kind of rough and gruff edge to it mm -hmm. it made it more difficult than to do the the highs and the different right. other notes i wanted to hit and god forbid if the sound was shit i'd blow out my voice <laughs> high end is the first to go i mean it, it was just right. like maybe a good 20 percent of shows if the sound was no good or the sound guys just nowhere to be found or whatever they don't give a shit then I'd be left with uh, <laughs> to my own devices and I would just have to beat my way through, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's that. I hope, hope that answers at least some yeah, of that question. Thank you. Uh, another quick question. Uh, how did you guys come up with the, the band name carriage itself? 
I was going to ask that. <laughs> okay. So, so this is funny and really kind of stupid, but um, we were, we were, we're used to Vic. It's, we got, yeah, don't worry. We're fine, man. I'm it's funny and stupid. <laughs> that's, that's our middle age, level, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we were outside of practice with Possessor actually. And it was, I don't know if it was the last practice we had as that band or, or what it was, but basically myself, um, Gage at the time who was in Possessor and Mike Martin, who ended up in the carriage with me. Um, we were all just standing there and thinking like, what would be a cool band name? Cause at that point we kind of, I think on that day we were like, all right, maybe Possessor's over. So let's, what, where do we want to go? I mean, we already had the musical ideas, so to speak, and it was just a matter of getting the name and a few other things, but we were standing outside and it was, I guess it had to have been around Halloween because somebody had this big ass, like inflatable carriage thing that was outside of their house. And we were coming up with different names. We were like, well, can like, like candelabra and like all this stuff. We wanted to be like a spooky kind of vibe. And, and then we see this big carriage and we were like, well, let's how about carriage and we looked it up and we didn't really find anything that was similar style or i forget if we even found any other band that was titled that or not but right but i i kind of liked that because even though it comes from something so stupid i kind of thought of it in a in a different way i was like well a carriage is something that's moving you to another direction which is kind of what we were doing huh. anyway um so i I guess I connected it like that. Or you can just think of it as a stupid fucking Halloween prop. I don't care. <laughs> it can either be really smart or really damn stupid. So I don't know. <laughs> Whatever way you want. Embrace them both. You know, yeah. there's no reason they have to be mutually exclusive. That's you, right. You know, you, could, you guys could have toured with horse drawn. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they would oh always have God. to go first. Right there in front. Yeah. yeah. Right. They, they always, always have to open that. Right behind. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Perfect. That's fantastic. So I'm, other writing, than, I'm writing that name down, by the way. No one's get, allowed to take it. Horse drawn go. sounds gonna, pretty sick. Going to copyright it like Gene Simmons with the money bag. Right. Trademark it. <laughs> so all you people out there trying to make bands can slap your bellies at me. That's right. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. I should invite him on just to do that. Um, Remember me? Yeah. <laughs> that's right, motherfucker. Uh, now, Robbie, other than Vic, have you ever met any of your musical heroes? <laughs> oh, wow. That's, you're putting Vic in rare territory there. I don't know. I know. Yeah. See, <laughs> first time ever, man. I didn't Vic, know you were Vic is, um, <laughs> Vic is transitioning into real life away from heavy metal horror. Wow. So we're going to have to zing him while we can't. You know, yeah, get your things in now. Get them in now. short. Yeah, All right. Well, I'm glad I I got in right at the end of this. Uh, yeah, because yeah. you know he was on last <laughs> la, you know last time with Volcana for the right. longest show we ever had, like two and a half fucking hours, almost. Three I didn't hours. do that. That wasn't my fault. I'm like Vic. I know you gotta leave, and you're like, you want to go out with a bang, but Jesus, three hour show. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No the longest show that. no one watched. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> So about your you know musical heroes though, Robbie. I mean, we all yeah. have them, and sometimes we get a chance to meet them. And it works out sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. But have you had have you know who, who, if you have met any of your heroes, who have you met, and what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I've honestly there's probably more than I can even recall. I've been very lucky to have played alongside of a lot of the bands that I looked up to, as well as just meeting them in other scenarios too. But um, I mean, the main ultimate one was Rob Halford. Um, getting to meet and talk with him was incredible. And I'll, I'll give you that story because it's really insane. That's a great story. I love this cool. one. Excellent. We yeah, love it. So um, 
if I can remember back, basically this was back before, um, God, I don't even know what year it would have been, but I mean, anyways, I was, uh, city built with skulls my... was, was out. So that can, yeah, somewhere... so, well, actually the, the, the vinyl press, remember... that was the vinyl yeah. press. Absolutely. I don't know if that helps with the time. <laughs> no, it does. It does. So I remember we were, um, we were still writing the last couple songs to, that would be on city built with skulls at this time. And I was on, I had uh, Yahoo Messenger at the time. So this was fucking, I don't know who's ever been on there or if, if the internet even remembers that shit. But um, anyways, I had that for whatever reason. And I was on there and I was also on MySpace. Um, so MySpace was a thing. Um, this person added me on MySpace. And at that time, I just added whoever the hell. There are thousands of people. I didn't care, whatever. So as long as you looked like somebody who was into what I was into or had some reason to be on my page. So, uh, and all the picture was, was like a picture of a tattoo or something. And it was, and they were into metal clearly by a couple of the things that I saw. So I was like, okay, added them. And they started talking to me and basically the conversations just were really awesome. And this person was telling me about their experiences meeting, um, people in like famous people in the metal community. And one of the stories was about Phil Anselmo and how he met them on the painkiller tour and XYZ. And basically he revealed himself to be Rob Halford. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like bullshit. Why would this, like, what a dumbass thing to claim, you know? So, so I'm like, okay, what, like now you've ruined this, what this very strange little friendship conversation that we've had has now <laughs> been ruined by you saying something so dumb so i was like okay right so immediately i'm like dude i don't know like what your problem is but you don't have to claim to be somebody or whatever and like basically i didn't tell him to fuck off but i was like you know okay yeah right and he was like no seriously um and he was like well do you have this messenger yahoo messenger and i was like yeah and he was like okay well here's my name log on and he's like, I'll get on the camera and prove it. And I was like, okay. And so I logged on, added him. And sure enough, on the webcam, it was Rob Halford sitting there bald with the tattoos and everything. He was just chilling on a couch, just sitting there like, hey, what's up? And I was like, I, I mean, I'm like sitting in my room. I'm basically like a kid, right? And I am, I'm obsessed with Rob Halford. I'm obsessed with Judas Priest. They're like my fucking gods. So I'm, I'm just like looking at my screen. I'm like, how how could this even be like, i don't even know what to say and i'm just like oh my god at first i'm sorry for like not believing you i guess but i mean i mean clearly he knew like that that seemed outlandish i think but um but yeah anyways he gets off the camera we we get away from that and back into the myspace thing and so we just talked and he would just hit me up every now and then be like hey how's it going and i was like hey i'm doing this possessor thing now this and that and he was like cool once you get something recorded send it to me i want to hear it and i was like okay so basically uh i ended up bringing uh i printed out a, tr a transcript of the conversation to bring to band practice and be like dudes i talked to fucking rob halford and he wants to hear something from us like <laughs> and they were like dude yeah right like yeah, right. obviously everyone thinks i'm fucking lying right anyways this potential lie continues on for a couple years um to the point where it's a distant memory for me even i mean i say distant i remember it vividly but it's getting to the point where it's been years since i saw this person on camera and even the truth that i saw i'm thinking is a lie 
Uh, I'm like, there at this point, time has passed. I'm fuzzy, I, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if this. Am I really thinking this is real? So we get see, but skulls recorded. Uh, we recorded. Um, there's a song called Champions of Chaos, which is a kind of like a fan favorite and one of my favorites to sing. And um, anyways, I send him a, a link to the MP3 or whatever it was, and he listened to it and he was like. Well, I sent him the whole album, but he listened to the whole album and he said, dude, Champions of Chaos is fucking awesome. Like this and that, whatever. And I was like, wow, like to hear something like that from someone who means that much. And and I don't think our music is anything like particularly spectacular nowhere near on any level of importance as far as you know, any anybody could consider or, or Judas Priest or anything else. I mean, it's like shit compared to all that, but. I, but just to hear something and, and he just seemed like the kind of guy that was just an encouraging kind of person. Like he didn't have to talk to me. I mean, this was over the span of years. Every once in a while we would say, Hey, what's up? And that was it. Um, but what proved it all to be true. And this was the craziest part is that he, so years pass, even after city built skulls is released. And suddenly I get an email from the Yahoo account that i once talked to i didn't even have yahoo yahoo messenger has been extinct at this point it's not even couldn't get on there if i tried so he emails me and he's like hey um we're we're playing a show in virginia beach do you want to be like a a special guest like do you want to get backstage and i was like yeah yes please (laughs) um and but at this point it's it's been some time too so i'm like i don't even know like basically i didn't know that this was real until we literally walked up to the ticket booth and i have to walk up to the ticket booth and say hey i think you have some tickets for me that are set aside here's my name here's my id and my guitar player mike who was in possessor and carriage came with me as my second person and uh because i got two tickets and the lady's looking looking at me she's like tickets set aside what does that even mean i'm like i don't know this is what i've been told tickets are set aside and she's like well who set them aside i was like uh, i guess rob halford and, <laughs> and she's like <laughs> give me this look like i mean i'm sure she didn't know who the fuck that was anyway but um i mean likely she's just working at the damn ticket booth so and then she turns she's like hold on she turns around she's like looking through some stuff and like my heart is racing right because i'm either about to be the biggest fucking idiot on the planet and this is all a lie <laughs> and everything i've known and like my world's about to snap in half if this isn't true so she's like looking through papers and finally she holds up this envelope and it says Robbie on it and a pen. And Robbie. She's like looking at me and looking at the envelope and she opens it up and it was just like that Detroit Rock City moment where she's like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at Mike and at this point, Mike, everyone thinks that this could be, I could be bullshitting everyone or that this person could be bullshitting me or, and I'm just holding these passes and I'm like looking at Mike and we just fucking screamed. We were like, oh my God. <laughs> It's real. Like I could not fucking believe it. And we got front row right up front, two spots right in the middle. Um, we brought all of our Judas Priest records to be signed and to because we were gonna get back there and get to talk to him and all that. And not to mention we're lugging all this shit around. Imagine if I got turned down at the damn ticket booth. I'd look like a fucking imbecile. So <laughs> there was a lot riding on that yeah, moment. Yeah, like I've got fucking people rode with me to the show and all this. So yeah, anyways, at the end of the at the end of the show, we got to, and the show was incredible. Um, I think it was the, I don't know if it was the Redeemer of Souls tour. I think it might've been, but um, anyways, we got backstage, got to meet him and it was just funny. Cause he's just this real soft spoken guy. I mean, you might've seen interviews with him and whatnot, but he was just like, 
hey how's it going yeah he's like it was hot as hell up on that stage i was about to pass out this and that and whatever and, <laughs> um it was just bizarre and i was like drunk as hell too i, I mean <laughs> we were just banging down shots and everything like we were just having the time of our lives just thinking like oh my god can this even be real and it was like a dream and we i gave him a copy of city built with skulls on vinyl and um we got pictures with him and and everything and he was just incredibly nice and kind and took time to talk to us and i asked him about um a few of the albums and just like his thoughts on you know how certain things are are perceived now that they're an older band and everything and like looking back on his career and he had some cool shit to say to me which unfortunately i don't remember probably half of it but it, <laughs> it was uh it was incredible and it's something i'll never forget and he uh yeah, he was just incredibly nice. Um, other than that, I mean, some of the other people on the list would be like Steve Grimmett from Grim Reaper, um, Nick Bocott from Grim Reaper. They did like, uh, we played a show in Chicago and basically it was a festival. I think it was Legions it was of Metal Le Festival. Legions or, of Metal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Possessor played on that and we got to, uh, one of the bands playing was, you know, Steve Grimmett's Grim Reaper. And just out of pure circumstance nick bocott the guitar player happened to be in chicago that day hadn't played with them since the 80s from what i understand and just called up steve grimmett and was like hey can i come on the show and play and he was just like yeah, oh dude, wow <laughs> yeah oh, cool. and i mean for me too like i'm i was a huge 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 grim reaper fan and not only because of steve grimmett but nick bocott i think had one of the most killer guitar just it, it just his uniqueness it, it, you can hear him play and it's like okay that's nick bocott he had a certain style of soloing at a certain which mike was really into as well um and he was obviously there but um yeah we got to meet both of them and um when we pulled up to the show both of them were just out back of the venue just sitting there smoking cigarettes and we just walked right up and it was just like oh my god like these it's reggie's so man yeah you never know so who you're gonna see behind reggie's right <laughs> yeah oh well shit oh we didn't I mean, it was like, we pulled up and we were like, I wonder if we're going to, and then they're right there. And we're just like, oh my God, like, they're right. <laughs> we're like pulling in right in front of them. But um, yeah, that was awesome. Um, I forget the, uh, the name off the top of my head, but the lead singer of Hellstar. Um, James Rivera. Uh, yeah, James Rivera. Yeah. There we go. Um, nice. Met him at, a, at this place called Riff House here in Chesapeake, Virginia. It's like a shithole dive, but all, all the cool metal shows come through there um and we've played there a million times so he played with us and he was hanging out drinking with us and everything yeah. and he was just fun as all the rest of them nicest guy um uh, lips from anvil uh same thing he was there at I, I don't know if he played that show or if it was a different show but um got to meet him there and yeah just just a lot of people i mean being into that style of metal and also possessor kind of being right on the tinge of like it's very thrash, but there, I think what I did with the vocals kind of allowed us to maybe play some other shows that we wouldn't have played if, if it hadn't been that way necessarily. So I got to meet some of the guys that um, deliver vocally the way that I would aspire to, I guess. So yeah, pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. We interviewed Steve a few weeks ago. Um, super cool guy. Super nice. Yeah. Um, just great. Very gracious and uh, warm and, just hung out with us and just a joy to talk to. So that, that's really yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So like, meeting these people, 
these guests, did that like influence, you know, how you react with fans who've come up to you as well? Did those meetings have any, have any impact on you in a way that you treat your fans? That's interesting. Um, You're like, no, fuck you. Give me 10 bucks. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, I don't. Um, I mean, I'm probably the, the most even tempered, nice guy out of the band members that I've been amongst everyone. I'm always like the customer service dude. Like if anybody ever has a problem with anything, it's like, okay, we need to get Robbie to talk to this guy because all the rest of the people in the band are fucking psychos. And they're just, they would just be like, Fuck you, like instantly to anyone for any reason. Um, so I, I was always that guy anyway, but so may, I mean, maybe subconsciously I took some things away from that, but I've always tried to be just take time with people. And I mean, even some, at some points when, you know, I shouldn't necessarily be even taking that time because of other obligations or whatever there might be at that moment. But I always felt that it's important if someone is showing you this attention or, or telling you like, Hey, like I really like this, or I really appreciate this or whatever, the least you can do is take a second and just have a real moment with them instead of just being like, yeah, thanks man. And then just like, walk away with a piece of the drum set or something like that's that's stupid and that might be the only interaction they have and they might walk away right. being like well f that guy or f that band and yeah, yeah. right those so, moments you carry on forever you know those right. moments on, you know so that's the last thing i want so i mean it's possible that that might have been the case i mean uh it's certainly something i've thought about when i've tried to interact with certain people that didn't give me the the time of day necessarily and not that i even ask i'm not one of these people that needs like this whole conversation to be had or anything but like if you like i i I can recall some people and i won't necessarily name any names but that like that i met that were in from the thrash bands of the 80s and stuff and they would just be like exactly like that like okay dude whatever like and just like Mm -hmm. walk away and i'm like okay well now and it did change the way i thought about those bands and and it changed the way that i listen to or don't listen to certain bands anymore just just because of that and sometimes the music's powerful enough to get over that because there's plenty of dipshits in every musical category and i can get over the stuff that they do publicly and like some people can't get over certain things that certain artists say and i'm just like that's all just noise to me unless somebody says something to me directly that's directed at me that i don't care what anyone's you know political stance is or xyz i try to ignore all that mess and then I can, I'll put it this way. I can still listen to Ted Nugent and I don't, I don't give a shit how, what he says or how offensive it may, it may or may not be. Right. right. doesn't matter because I can still just put on that music and I get what I get from it and, you know, for better or worse, I guess, but that's the way it is. Right. Uh, You're muted. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, there you go. All right. Um, Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, separating the art from the artist. Um, you know, sometimes you have to do that. And sometimes yeah. like in those moments that when things don't go well, like you said, you can never think about the band the same way, you know, and uh, that, that does stick with you. You know, it's, that's the, that's the risk of meeting people. Unfortunately, you've had a lot more positive experiences than not. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd like to switch gears now and talk a little bit more about your creativity, uh, creative process. So um, can you talk about your creative process when you're writing music or lyrics how, how do you you know come up with a song you know from beginning to end or an album concept um what is what is it like for you to come up with that sure so um most often and i i find that this is probably the case for all the songs that i've written is 
normally I need to, first thing is I have to sit down in a live environment with people and do it that way because I've tried in this era of, you know, with COVID and everything that happened mm -hmm. to do certain things online and send things back and forth. And it just doesn't have the same vibe for me. And maybe it's just because I've written a certain way for so long, but um, just to put that aside for a second, it, that I, I've realized that that doesn't, that doesn't work for me the same way. So um, in a perfect world, I would be live with the rest of the band. We'd all be in a room together. Um, guitar player, typically they'll have a riff or something that they've already, you know, sorted out and they'll start playing that. And normally what happens for me is I'll start to kind of visualize something almost like a movie. I'm very into movies as well. So it's, it's, my mind just works that way. And then, so they'll be playing the riff and I'll get like a vision in my head of something. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that, that's the theme. So I'll come up with kind of like a theme and then that might come with a title. Normally I like to come up with the title of a song first um, because then I know where I'm going or how that might work with X, Y, Z. So we'll get that out of the way. They start playing a riff. And then if they're playing what would be considered a verse riff or what we think is a verse riff, um, I'll start writing along to that and coming up with the melody in my head. And there's also been many times too, where if a song is going a certain way and I can kind of see the rest of the song in my head, um, as far as how I want the guitarist to sound, there's plenty of examples where I've said, okay, can you do like, you know, and like kind of just vocalize it because I, you know, I, I don't really play guitar. So that's the best I can do. And I've been very, you know, thankfully I've had band members that can easily kind of get, get it and just, okay, do you mean yeah. like this? And they'll just play it. And I'm like, dude, yes. And then I'm like, all right, well, I've already got that section now. So, cause I already knew where I was going with that vocally and melodically. So um, yeah. And then it just, it, it kind of progresses until the, the end of the song. But um, that's kind of where visions came from for carriage was, we were just sitting there thinking about like the album name and I was, and I thought about kind of the creative process that I've had and that the guys have had. And for me, it's like visions. It's seeing, it's seeing the song in my head. Like I'm seeing, it's like, I'm watching a, each song. is like a little movie to me, basically. So I, I see it that way. And I was like, well, why don't we call it visions? And we'll have it with like, you know, a, like a medium on the cover like a psychic meeting and i was like i want it to be like i don't know if you guys have seen the movie the others but um there's an old lady with the white eyes and with the candle and all that and i was i basically messaged our artist that has worked with us forever mario lopez he's one of the absolute best um to work with and we've been working with him since early possessor like on the demo and i was like dude can you do this and i just gave him the ideas and uh, I was like, I want this old lady with the eyes and with the hair. And I sent him like picture examples and stuff. And he just blew it out of the water. He, he, he did so well on that cover. And it was so cool to see him do something different because a lot of times an artist can get into a certain box with what they do. I mean, much like what we did in Possessor musically anyway. Um, and it was just so cool to see him do something different because I hadn't seen him do that kind of art before. It's a lot of just like, you know, like zombies, skeletons, a lot of the stuff that you see with the thrash bands, which is cool as hell too, because we had that as well. But I don't know. It was just neat to see him do something more on a realistic level. And um, 
turned it's out. It's a t-shirt. The cover is amazing. Great cover. Yeah. Oh, I want that as the shirt because it's yeah. just stri- such a striking image. It's 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 fantastic because it really does. The covers the first thing you see when you you know get ready to play an album. You look at that cover. You know, uh, as we're all Maiden fans, it's like when you look at Live After Death, you're like, oh, you know what's coming. Um, or Power Slave, you know, these these covers that are very involved. And when you see that, I'm like, okay, we got the creepy old lady, we got the inverted cross. I think this is gonna yeah. be good. Yeah. You know, and 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 I it doesn't disappoint. So no, no, I, I totally get that. Um you know, possessor and carriage are are so, so completely different bands. I mean, you've got the death metal and um versus the, the the black metal, new wave, British heavy metal influences. Um for you, what were the benefits or drawbacks or both? Uh, from being in bands that were so very different sonically? Um, well, f- I don't know. It's unusual because now looking back on them, um, there are certain things that I, uh, I don't know. I've got a different viewpoint of it now than I think I did then because as we were coming out of Possessor, I was very much wanting to go into something like Carriage where it was like, I want to do a lot more clean vocals. I want to experiment with different sounds and different you know go in a couple different directions and so i was very happy to do that at that time it was exactly what i wanted um i wanted the live show to be different um and that's always been key to me and the live aspect of everything has always been i want to deliver i want us to look like a band i want us i don't want to just be joe schmoes walking up on the stage any old guy off the street i want it to look i want you to see it and be like okay that's the band we i don't i don't i don't know why i have that in my brain but i that's just how i've always been um so for possessor it was all the the spikes and leather and chains and everything everywhere and i am shocked that there was never a serious serious injury on the stage because this i waited for it the nails (laughs) that i had i mean they were like probably eight or ten inches long and it's just a nail you just bought a fucking nail from home depot three of them put them on the shoulder pad and we wouldn't be shy about slamming into one another and that was the whole thing it was like let's get crazy we're all drunk like let's just (laughs) give these people something to look at and be like whoa what this is we wanted to be chaos we wanted it to be like this band is operating where they're about to go off the rails and that's what i wanted that vibe to be in oftentimes we i think we easily got there at least it felt like we did because by the end of the show i was like oh my god what did we just do (laughs) so i mean but it was it was crazy though and the whole thing was i remember slamming into people all the time and being like wow i'm surprised it didn't literally gouge someone's eye out or something it could happen at any it could have happened any time but it never did thank god um not that i gave a shit about any kind of safety at that point in my life. I was just, <laughs> <laughs> everything I was doing was against all laws of physics and logic and everything else. So, as, as most people do in their early twenties. But, um, but yeah, so it was, that was very different. The, the whole get up, uh, everything that we were dressed up in and whatnot carriage. I was more, um, le- I guess not like lenient on the look or something, but it was just like, okay, all black, um, you know, I'll, I'll have a leather jacket here or there. And I wanted to do the, um, I wanted a white shirt with, um, the big ass studded belt, the big one. And I wanted it to be like Paul Diano, um, how he used to do in Maiden. That was the vibe there. And I'm a huge Diano fan. I got, and Diano was another person that I got to meet. And that was 
our second it was either our first or second show as possessed where we opened for diano and um and that was insane because it was in this little place called Gill's Stonehouse, um, which is now closed. But um, I remember hearing Diana was coming and I was like, oh my God, well, we're ready for a show. Let's see if we can get on it. We got on the show and um, got to see him play through, I think it was all of Maiden and Killers. Um, and it was insane. And, and I was right at the front of the stage with, I never thought in my life I would get that close to somebody like that who was a hero. But the one thing Paul Diano said to me was, you guys are more metal you should be more punk like he was, he was just like, <laughs> you be, i just remember him being like you should be more punk like what's basically like what's why are y'all trying to be metal like you should be more, and i was just like whatever you say just, <laughs> here, just sign my leather jacket please that's all thanks buddy but um so that was kind of cool and I, I don't know how much of that was a joke or not or whatever but um obviously that was his, uh i think some of his reason for what he claims to why he got away from maiden but um i digress uh, with carriage yeah i just wanted it to be a different look live i wanted to i mean the sound was a lot different obviously you know so that was that was a key and and i did want that um our, that, the other thing was kevin chapel um in possessor kind of pushed the band to certain areas where it was a lot like mike is the more melodic player i'll, I'll put it that way so that's why he carried on into carriage with me because that was kind of the vibe that we were going for. Um, Kevin really pushed us into the far ends of the thrash category, which was fucking awesome. He's a great, great player. Um, but yeah, we just, it was a different vibe. We Mike's talents lied, I think, in that direction and so did mine. And it was just a natural progression for the music. Would you say carriage re represents in any way like a, an evolution for you as a person away from when you're in your 20s, that young, aggressive, you know, out of control sort of energy into something a little more refined and a little more mature, maybe in a way yeah. mature? Um, sure. Yeah. And we can put mature in quotations, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'm still like drinking blood from a skull on stage. But, <laughs> right. Um, Musically mature, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Musically musically a lot more mature a lot of a lot more complexity um i mean we got really 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 lucky and the other the other guitar player river um river ashbury he is one of the greatest guitar players i've ever met um he can play anything um he can play anything by ear he can just he's just musically he's on another level from a lot of people i've ever met and um mike knew him because he was the um he was the son of our drummer who was in carriage, Randy. And um, he always told me that he was good, but it was never anything that we needed to pursue or look at until carriage started coming into existence. And he was like, dude, we got to get River to play. And when he showed up um, and he started playing and he's into all the same shit that we are, he's into the same horror movies, all that stuff. And it was just like, it clicked. And I was like, oh my God, this could be, the greatest thing all of us ever do and he so we just got incredibly lucky and his input into into carriage was just uh absolutely phenomenal so i couldn't be happier with with honestly how the album came out and everything and the unfortunate thing i think going into we're talking about like evolutions of of these things unfortunately right before the album was about to come out um basically certain circumstances came up and river had to move to chicago and it basically kind of aborted the whole thing before it was even out 
And so it was like, well, we're not going to tour. We're not going to do anything because he's going to be gone and he's the key to the band basically. Um, and to get another guitar player was just seemed with coming to terms with replacing players. Um, especially when I think they're a key to the sound. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and I just loved his playing so much that I was like, I don't see this happening with someone else. Um, I don't see someone else coming in here and having the same vibe. I mean, I'm sure, you know, anybody who's been in a band for any period of time, I think knows how important it is to just have chemistry and how rare that can be. Um, especially when you're sorting through players and trying to get shit together. And, and maybe, maybe I'm particularly picky about that stuff, you know, for better or worse, but I don't want to ever settle for anything so i would rather just start another project than start replacing a bunch of people and it turning into something else because if it's turning into something else it may as well be something else mm -hmm. um as much as i hated i really hated the fact that all that kind of happened at, in that time frame because i was like this is the greatest thing we've ever done this carriage thing could blow up and be it could have been i mean possessor like we had that spark without even like I don't want to like compare talent levels or anything, but like what we did, you're talking about like the musical evolution. It was like, I think a lot of the carriage stuff can put a lot of the possessor stuff to shame. If you wanted to compare them, even though they're so different, it's, it's not really right to compare them, but um, yeah, I just, I thought it had all the, all the wheels in the world to go wherever it wanted, but it, he moved and it didn't really happen. We played, we played some shows and we played, um, we played in Chicago again and it was awesome. Um, but that's kind of really where where it ended and we haven't really picked it up i mean like i said we've tried to do certain things online and stuff and sending stuff back and forth but just the vibe the writing is not oh. that's just not how i operate and uh you know that's just the way it is so if we can ever get all of us in a room together again i think it'd be real easy to come up with some stuff but until then maybe not so we'll we'll see yeah, that'd be great. That album absolutely blew us away. I mean, <laughs> it's a phenomenal album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The production quality, it. everything about it is top notch, man. I mean, I appreciate I'm that. sitting here going, how is it taking me four years to even hear this? I can't believe it, <laughs> you know? Well, that's the thing, man. I, you know, I really wish that we, we could have given it the legs that it deserved because, I mean, we didn't, at that point, we weren't even promoting it because we we're like, well, what do we, why? Why would we do that if this is like over, basically? It was just like, well, okay, sell the CDs that we have. And the crazy thing is we have all the vinyl that we got and haven't even, didn't even sell it. We just have all the vinyl. It's all just packed wow. away basically because it was just, it's like, what do we do with all this? That and selling vinyl is a huge pain in the ass really as far as like shipping and everything like that goes. At least I don't have any experience with it. So it's this, it, it became <laughs> like all of a sudden the vinyl came like months after we had pretty much stopped and we have this like mountain of <laughs> junk basically i mean not junk but obviously i love the album but it's just like god now we're burdened how do you sell it right <clears throat> mm -hmm. and it's like how do you you want the excitement behind it of like a yeah carriage is doing xyz and here we go and here's the vinyl and we're coming to your right. town and blah 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 you know that would have been sweet but just wasn't the way it was so i mean we'll do something with the vinyl eventually but um it just because that and everybody's lives just started going in different directions so it's like for us to refocus on selling all this vinyl just seemed ridiculous. So for now, uh, 
that's that's where it is but <laughs> yeah. ah, that's sad that's a shame yeah, <laughs> that yeah man sad. yeah mm. i love the damn yeah so, i mean the on vinyl too is mm -hmm. really cool and um yeah i mean we'll who knows you, you never know i talked to river we just we just talked and um you know we may get the opportunity to get together again and do something musically and i would we'd both love to there's no it's not for us not wanting to that's for sure it's just yeah. a little bit more complicated than we may logistics like. yeah right yeah that's just the way it is no that album certainly stands out you know we've done this show for what year and a half a little over a year maybe yeah, a little over a year now yeah. gotten exposed to a lot of bands that we hadn't heard previously or hadn't listened to in a long time and you know yeah. occasionally so you listen to a lot of new stuff and occasionally something jumps out at you like whoa wow this is more than i was expecting and uh you know sorcerer i think was kind of a surprise for us like wow mm -hmm. these guys are really good and, mm -hmm. uh yeah this album is one of those like it really jumped out i'm like you know i, I text that, montag i said holy shit this is really good yeah <laughs> this is awesome so man I'd, I'd, love, I'd love if you guys were able to, to well he's sitting on a mountain of cds and fucking vinyl so order <laughs> yeah. one for fuck's sake well, are, you, are you on Bandcamp? <laughs> it's not available no i don't we we didn't put it up available for sale anywhere because that would have been a whole nother thing we had to create and i think the vibe was just kind of gone at, at that moment we were just kind of like okay who wants to take on this task of like doing this and none of us really did and and like Damn. i said it was just i know i, I like you should just get a copy i just gotta get a copy just so i can put it behind with the posters yeah, yeah, up because sure. yeah, it's such I a mean, great graphic you know well, that, unless you have really posters do you yeah, have posters yeah. No, I have a gigantic fucking banner that we made though that we never got to use. <laughs> it was oh, man. Yeah, like I've got that's it, how like, it goes, no, dude. Yeah. I got to use my banner like three times before <laughs> right. we stopped playing out. It's just sitting in my basement. Yeah, we've got like the old possessor banner at Mike's house. We've got the carriage one at mine, and everybody's got a little piece of the history, so it's all right. <laughs> oh, that's sad. It's such a hidden gem. This album, man. Yeah, yeah this yeah, album. It, it just yeah, it's I, an album that it gets better as it goes. Mm -hmm. and i'm like fuck i'm like holy crap and so that's why I, yeah when i told these guys last show i said uh i said we were talking i'm like this album is just so good and, and dreadpool's like i know we were just going back and forth like we couldn't believe yeah. how good it was and like why have we never heard of this so we got to thank the super savant Vic, for mm -hmm. for, for introducing Wild us card. to so much so much music that Vic's brought our way. Vic is and, constantly uh, bringing me out of the obscurity of my life and putting me at, in front of people. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've got him to thank for a lot of things. The least I can do is come on here and, and talk with you guys. So. Well, we appreciate it. I, I'd like to, to talk a little bit more about uh, your touring stories. I know you have some good stuff. So um, we always start by asking, like, do you prefer the smaller intimate venues or, or larger arenas? You know, Because from a fan's point of view, being close to a, a band is really fantastic, but you know, what's it like from the band's point of view? Well, um, I think this goes for me as a fan of music and also as a performer, but I like, um, like smaller to mid mid level venues as far as the size goes, because typically the people that go to those shows get crazier. And I'm all about the energy of not only what I'm doing on stage, but what I want you to do as a fan and as someone who came to the show knowing what you're getting basically so i'm very into smaller venues like that that and just the you know being that close to the artist i think is it just does something to people and i think that's a good thing um and i mean like to give one example and it's the only example i have so it's it's hard for me to say like oh i would prefer a larger venue because i've only played like one in my life but um we when we got to play in Germany with Possessor, 
that was in front of thousands of people at this um, metal assault festival. And it was absolutely fucking insane. And it was awesome. And the whole story of that is incredible, but it was cool because people there, you could hear the people singing the songs and we had never been to Germany. And just to know that people there knew the songs. I remember like being like, Oh, we're going to play champions of chaos. And then you'd hear people doing the, Whoa, whoa, like they would just, they just started doing it in the crowd. And I'm like, you, it was just so bizarre to, to know that people knew the music and we were just, it's like, nobody here should know who the fuck we are at all. (laughs) So, um, that was just kind of incredible in its own way, but it was, I mean, the German crowd was crazy. So, I mean, that was a huge crowd and there was a lot of people going crazy in that crowd. So really for me, it's more about the energy, I think. Cause I've seen plenty of shows too. I don't know if you guys have ever watched certain things on YouTube or whatever, where it's like this giant crowd and everyone's just standing there. Yes. Like yeah. in the craziest yeah. fucking band is playing, not mm-hmm. even crazy, but just like a band that's so good. And you're just like, and it looks like a sea of dead fish. Everyone's just standing around. I'm just like, <laughs> what is yeah, happening? Like if I was at that show, would I be the only person going insane? Like what, why? And I'm not even like one of these guys that has to be like moshing or anything else, but just mm-hmm. like, to see some physical reaction, that's uh, yeah, just yeah. Kind of, yeah, hands in the air, anything like. Mm-hmm. But if everyone's just standing there, like they're looking, waiting for a bus, it's like, what? what why, why are you? How many <laughs> hundreds of dollars did you pay to be here, and why the fuck don't you? And there'll be hundreds of comments. I came them to out be too. bored. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, I get everybody's different, and and you know, obviously, I don't expect every single person to act in some certain way because, you know, why would I expect that? But um, but yeah. For me, it's just about the energy. I want to see a reaction from you or feel that you are excited about it. And um, if I can feel that, then that's just going to fuel what I'm doing even more. Um, and if I don't feel that, then I look to my bandmates and I'm like, well, let's fucking smash into each other until something happens. And <laughs> that's what we would do. And, that, you know, sometimes that would work or sometimes we would just uh, have our own fun. But either way, that was that's always what it's been about is just us having fun and us doing what we love to do. and writing what we want to write and um being in the style that we want to be in um and if everybody else likes it then that's cool but if not it's really just about us like as weird as that may seem or as like selfish as that may sound as a band it it was just kind of like we're doing this because we love doing it and it's you know if everybody else gets it that's fine or whatever so i mean it's cool to come on here and you know you guys are talking about like the the art and things like that and like oh you know you you like this album or whatever i mean that's fucking amazing there's no better feeling than having people understand what you're doing or or looking at an image and being like wow okay i get this or i like or this speaks to me in some way because you know that's that's what we want to that's the other side of the coin i guess but um but yeah ultimately uh, uh, so i'm thankful to hear that people like some of the stuff but um but it was just fun anyway for us so yeah <laughs> When you were out touring, um, what was your favorite food to eat on the road? Other than, I mean, we got to hear more about the canned soup, but but <laughs> well, I gotta yeah, say, it was it was cold soup, hand, hand soup. <laughs> you'll you'll notice soup, that a yes. lot of the um, I was the I was kind of the voice of reason in the band. Um, everything was always I feel like kind of happening around me, and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? But um, I mean, there's plenty that involve me as well, but it, none of none of the weird food stuff. I'll say that I I don't mess around <laughs> with. I would ne- you'll never find me digging in a can for soup noodles. I'm not I'm not I've never been at that moment in my life and I likely hopefully never will be. 
Clearly, you've never been hungry enough. Well, I could never understand the finger thing <laughs> no. because you have a can. No. You just drink it right out of the can. Right. The noodles there, will come right down. Better, there's no reason yeah. to yeah, use your fingers. they were reaching right in there, there, man. I'm going to tell you this. There's, there's no explaining the logic behind many of the things that happened. Uh, it's just pure <laughs> fucking... It's, well, it's let's hear else. about some of those things then. Can you embarrass I mean, Vic? First of all, could you? I mean, we, this is the time that we like the stories. Yeah, we like yeah. the road stories. Yeah, he can, tell, ones. He, he can tell you about how I had to borrow Kevin's guitar on a gig and it, it almost crushed me with its 50 pounds of roofing <laughs> nails on the strap. And I couldn't yeah. move the strap. And Kevin's a giant. He was like a yeah. foot and a half taller than me or something. And my string broke. And here he is. Same tuning. Thank God. And then he hands me this guitar. And it's to my knees and it weighs 700 pounds because it's just, the strap weighed 700 pounds. The guitar was normal. Right. And I don't remember what song we were closing on, but I was like, son of a bitch. I should have just said this. We're done for the night instead of trying to play with this thing. It was ridiculous. Yeah. There was no borrowing stuff from us unless you were the same. Unless you under, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other thing is, too, it's funny because I'm, out an I'm insurance six foot policy. Tall, but these guys yeah. that I've had in my bands like. I'm I'm six foot tall, so these these guys are like towering over me. Um, my drummer, my guitar player. It's so bizarre. I feel like I'm the short one, and I'm like, well, how does this? How did the fuck does that happen? But yeah, they're just huge dudes, and not to mention we have all this ridiculous shit on. So uh, yeah, the guitar straps and everything. I remember at some point, I think Kevin just had a big ass chain that was just the guitar strap. It was just literally a fucking chain. That we I'm thankful I didn't have to use that. Yeah, yeah. He, get your hair all tangled up in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God, dude, we lost so much hair and all that shit. Oh my <laughs> surprise. I still have anything. But, um, yeah. I mean, I remember that there was plenty of crazy shit. Like, so for instance, a lot of it came down to the van. So the van that we had was this, um, it was a 15 passenger van that we took all the seats out basically, except the front two rows. Um, and we put a mattress in the back. We hooked up a TV to the ceiling. This was all so jankly done because we were all like fucking 21 years old, didn't know anything about fucking shit. Oh, so gosh. So we had this TV hooked up, which I think never even ended up working. So we've got this TV just swinging <laughs> from the damn ceiling above our heads while we're sleeping in the fucking mattress. So we had this, like we had this dream. This was like van life before van life. So where we had this like setup in the back where there was this mattress and we would take turns on who slept in the mattress and who slept in the seats or, you know, if we got a hotel or something, which I think, I don't even think ever happened on that tour. But um, <laughs> anyways, got buy this van for probably 500 bucks. Um, it was obviously for $500 for a 15 passenger van, there's probably a lot wrong with it, um, which we learned immediately upon departure <laughs> on, on this tour. So I mean, Vic and Vindicator were so gracious to invite us on this tour. Um, we we had played a show with them, and um, they liked us, and we liked them, of course, and we knew them from MySpace, and there was all all kinds of the sparks were flying, and the romance was there between. Yeah. Them. So, <laughs> uh, so he was like, but hey, "We still have hair to her." Oh yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, he he invited us on the tour, and. Um, we were thrilled because honestly we were all living in this apartment together, the whole band, which the apartment is a whole nother. It was the craziest thing to have all of us living in there with all of our girlfriends. And it was like a three bedroom apartment and it was completely trashed to the point of like just insanity. Um, and then we get this like email that we print out and it's from them saying like, Hey, do you want to tour with us or whatever? And here's the details. And we're all staring at it like hell fucking yeah, let's go. Like, 
And the funny thing about that time in our lives was everything was just, hell yeah, let's go. There was no thought yeah. about how, um, you know, anything. Yep. Like, it was just like, oh, we'll just quit our jobs. We'll just go. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, nothing mattered. We didn't, mm -hmm. we, this was the dream. To us, it was like, all right, we're already playing the music that we want, which is a dream in itself, really. Um, and then it's like to be able to tour and to to play shows in front of people in other areas, like that was sick. And plus, as a live band, we just, that's really where we thrived and what we love to do. So um, it was a no-brainer. Obviously, we said yes. Uh, we buy this van. Um, Chris, uh, our drummer, was mechanically inclined with a lot of things. Um, but he was also a person that would just jerry-rig anything, which sometimes is great and sometimes um, not so good when you're going on like a 15,000-mile tour or whatever it was. So um, anyways, we get it up in running order, and we're like, all right, we're good to go. So they, uh, the girls, the girlfriends give us these cans of soup, uh, send us on our way. Obviously, the soup con comes up. Bon voyage. Yeah. Good luck, boys. Be in 30 days. So, <laughs> Just a case of soup. Here you go, kids. Soup. Oh, what yeah, a weird thing to send people here, on the road some, with. Some soup. Where the fuck are you going to cook this? Uh, yeah. So, and, which obviously didn't happen. Um, so, and I think that's the only time we ate the soup. We ended up coming back with all the damn soup other than whatever cans they ate. I probably watched you guys eat that while I was making my instant noodles with my hot pot. And I was like, I should have got a hot pot, man. We're like, well, let's get a TV and fucking nail it to the ceiling. And like, we didn't, we weren't thinking about like, are we going to eat? Are Actual we gonna, human like, needs. How are we? Yeah, no, it was totally stupid. So, um, well, I'll tell you this before we left, we decked out the whole van. Um, Mike, our guitar player was doing vinyl graphics at the time. So he decked out the whole van front to back with all these like, like demon imagery. And like, all, we had our band name and, and the MySpace profile and all this blah, 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 everything. Um, which is so playing any, so any shows in the Bible belt. Oh yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. And we, we, so it oh, was a boy. joke amongst, we tried to count all the pentagrams that possessor had <laughs> in between their van and their gear. And I, we could never, we could never do oh, it. No. It was we endless. endless. It. Yeah. And that's what, what we wanted. We wanted everyone to, everything about that band and about that time was just like, look at us, get out of the fucking way. This is crazy. Yes. You know, yes, we know join in or we're gonna fucking run you off the road basically so <laughs> that, that was the mentality of the band it sounds like the king diamond tour bus <laughs> <laughs> i can only imagine but um the other crazy thing uh and multiple crazy things about just this van was that for some reason something was wrong with the back door so kevin worked in a metal fabricating shop and he was like a professional welder basically so he welds the back door shut um, which turned out to be a problem for during many of the emergencies that we had uh, on the van um, because we all had to crawl over everyone to get out of the van. Um, so, and I'll go into these crazy fucking emergencies in a minute, but um, so he welds the back door shut. He welds the trailer hitch to the van, um, which was completely, I think, illegal and also not, um, it didn't hold uh, at one point. So, uh, and not, so this is a 15 passenger van. We got this big ass trailer in the back to carry in all of our stuff. And it's just welded haphazardly as far as I know. I don't, I'm no expert, but um, I can only imagine because of the rest of the shit that went wrong. But, and then on the front of the van, we had this giant metal shield um, that we carved with some sort of electric saw into it. We carved uh... poser disposer into the front. Of it. <laughs> and we had metal spikes on the front of this huge piece of metal 
nothing like just wow. tagging yeah. yourselves. Nothing like making yourselves a target oh, for every apocalypse mobile force. Every yeah, we police. Got, <laughs> yeah, we got ended up getting pulled over near the border of Mexico, and they were just like, "We want to search everything." <laughs> and we were all drunk as hell. There's open alcohol oh in the God. car. Um, I mean, oh. whoever was driving wasn't drunk, but it, but it still, it was like, "Oh my God, we've got all this open." Al-. First of all, half of us have never had a police encounter at that point in our lives, anyway. Um, let alone like we're on, we're this is during the craziest moment of our life, and we're being pulled over. So, um, that's that's a whole thing. Um. But anyways, back to the beginning. So we we welded this giant piece of metal to the front of the van, which I'm sure was horrible for the van. Um, just the gas weight mileage. It. I mean, it took <laughs> all of that. Yeah, I mean, that being the least of our concerns, everything else. Um, but it was so heavy, it would take probably three of us to lift it. And using like all of our strength, this thing was fucking huge. Um, it became a two-wheel so drive van. It was just <laughs> driving yeah. in the front wheels. Yeah, oh, so we God. had this whole thing welded to the front with all these spikes and everything. <laughs> And we were like, this is fucking awesome, right? So we just started driving. <laughs> you hit and a deer, you could just leave it there, skewered on the yeah. front of the van. Yeah. You there's know? dinner. Um, there's dinner. That's metal. Yeah. Dude, yeah, real quick, fingers, to, interject, to interject, to Robbie, yeah. I, ha- I just discovered probably yeah. a couple weeks ago video footage of when you guys rolled up in Chicago. And it's, it's me and Kid and Sarah's outside. And I think uh, – Chris from aggressors outside and Brian is, and you guys roll up in that van and we're like, what the fuck's going on with this thing, man? I, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, so yeah, go ahead. Continue with the, the poser disposer uh, uh, grill. Cause yeah. this is, I got a post a still of that up on our, Dude, on our I wish Facebook I don't even have page. one fucking picture. I don't, I don't have a picture of the van. Unfortunately, I know Love that to there, see that I'm sure there's some people have video so like i know one of the band members from possessor has video of us in and out of the van but it's something to see i mean it was incredible the whole van was incredible other than the fact that it didn't fucking run for shit (laughs) it was just a nice huge image of demonic insanity that was just like two gallons (laughs) a mile that was that was the mile yeah yeah how extreme can we be so um anyways we roll up to the first show and as we're rolling up and parking basically we were in someone's for for whatever reason we had to like turn around in someone's driveway or something. Um, and it was this newly paved driveway, uh, coincidentally, which comes into play in a moment. Um, we pull into this driveway to turn around, and the whole fucking transmission just blows out underneath of the van. Oh, this is we're maybe like a mile away from the venue or something. Um, all this black tar, all this terrible shit, whatever's running this van is now all slime sludge on the ground, right on this concrete. And we're and the van just stops moving. So we're like, oh, oh, well, what the hell do we do? So we get out of the van and we look under there and see all this shit. And we're like, okay, that's not good. And uh, so Chris goes to the local. Um, I guess he must have walked. It must have been right there. But um, he, we get all this. Basically, our only option was JB Weld. So I don't know if you've ever worked with JB Weld. This is the most probably the craziest thing about this um mechanically as far as making it work that we did um so there's basically this you know this whole fucking thing just fell out so we get all this jb weld and cake the whole thing in multiple layers of jb weld we're all under the van taking turns just caking this whole thing with jb weld um logically this should never work it it was the most dumbest solution to a, a very serious problem that we could come up with so we just did that and then we we started the van. It was able to pull out of the driveway. We're pulling out of the driveway. The guy's coming out of his house. He's like, 
what the fuck did you do to my driveway? <laughs> and he's like screaming at us. And we're like pulling out. We're like, dude, it's not like we had a choice. We didn't hit the fucking eject button on the tar and just like fucking say like, <laughs> but of course we're saying this from a, from a van that looks like it was built to fucking destroy someone's life more or less. So <laughs> probably, probably doesn't help the image, you know, as far as being like, Hey, sorry, man. Hey, so, you know, all this shit's on his driveway. He's cussing us out as we're pulling out and, and like, he's like, well, what the fuck? Like walking after the van. So we just pull away and just drive. We were just left. I mean, there's nothing for us to do at that point. It's not like we have any fucking money to pay this guy or anything else. <laughs> so we, we get to the venue. Um, and I think the car, the van stops again. And, but we're at the venue at this point. So we're like, okay, well, you know, we made it to one show on this whole tour. That we had. <laughs> Barely. Literally as we're rolling in and the shit's like breaking down. So we get out, play the show. Um, I think something happened where we ended up parking the van someplace overnight and we slept in the van and just hoping the next morning that this would like hold and like harden or whatever it has to do over 12 hours or whatever it is. So we wake up in the morning, start the van. It runs. It is working with the, the different gears and everything. And we were like, well, let's just see how long it lasts. And I'll be damned if the, the highway welded <laughs> transmission lasted the rest of the whole tour. Wow. Yeah. Just JB weld. And, and it, it was, that was a miracle in itself. I mean, everything else on the van ended up falling apart at different intervals, but the fact that that worked was like the craziest thing to us. Cause we were like, well, there's no chance. I mean, this was basically these guys that know about how to fix these things. were like, yeah, this is, we're just, <laughs> this should do nothing in the way of helping. <laughs> um, but we were like, well, all we have is, you know, it's like no money. So it's like, we'll just buy a bunch of these little JB weld things, <laughs> pour them all on there and hope for the best. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it worked. Um, so there's that. And I mean, a couple other things about the van breaking down. We were in the desert um, running through. This is the DK was. story. Oh, boy. Yeah. So we're um, we're in the desert driving down this fucking crazy hill. And it's like one of these. It, I mean, it's unlike anything I've ever driven before or seen since. But basically, you're out in the desert. It's like Looney Tunes out there. They got the cactus and the little cow skull and everything else. <laughs> just missing, <laughs> missing Wiley Coyote rushing by. <laughs> so we're we're flying down this hill in this enormous 15-passenger van with this big-ass trailer welded shoddily behind us. Everything's skittering around, and we're just going at a way higher speed than we should be, flying down this hill. And before the hill, it's like, oh, you know, the semis can't go down here, blah, 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 because the speed and everything, it's just not the safe. Grades or the basically grades or whatever it is. Semi at this point. And we've got this giant thing welded to the front of the van. <laughs> so flying down this hill and we're seeing flames and smoke shooting up from the sides of the van. Oh no. And we're just flying. Right. So, and, and the whole time we've got, we're hitting the brakes because we're trying to stop. Obviously we don't want to keep going with this happening. So, and a lot of times what would be happening, one of us would be sleeping in the mat on the mattress during the day or whenever the hell might be passed out, whatever. And all of a sudden you would just hear everyone screaming. So whoever is shooting up and I would often, I, if I was on the mattress, I'd come shooting up out of a sleep. Everyone's screaming. All I see are flames and smoke <laughs> shooting up from the sides of the van. I'm like, what the fuck? Like if you've ever been woken up by something like it, it, the only equivalent I have is like, if you woke up and your fucking house was on fire, you it's like, what goes through your mind? You're like, what is happening? Oh my God. Are we going to die? Why is everyone screaming? Yeah. So <laughs> We end up getting to the bottom of this hill and stopping and 
Chris gets out and dumps his Dr. Pepper on the flaming tire. <laughs> Basically, both of these tires were on fire and they were flame. They were the hubcaps were red hot because apparently the, the brakes were gone. Yeah. Oh, wow. Metal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's just dumping. I just remember him dumping his nasty ass Dr. Pepper. They had like cigarette butts in, just dumping it onto the tire, trying to put the tire out. Um, we ended up getting something to like pat the, the flames out. And um, <laughs> five minutes later, so then we're just in the middle of the desert, right? There's no um, solution in sight. We're just like, okay. Uh, I remember just walking around in the sand and being like, uh, you know, I didn't even know what the fuck to think. I'm just looking at the fucking cactus. Like, wh- where, how did I get here? This is where so, it ends. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, what yeah, else yeah. is left at this point in my life? You know, I've lived, lived a good one. So I'm like, okay. Uh, so we're trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Um, the flames are out. So we're like, okay, that's good. And then this cop ends up coming and he's like, you know, you guys shouldn't be parked here. Right. Cause we're at the bottom of this deadly hill. <laughs> we're like, oh yeah, no shit. Like, oh yeah. Well guys, he's, he said, let's, we're not supposed to be here. So let's go. It's like, dude, it's not that simple. Like we're trying to figure out this horrible disaster that we just lived through and how we're going to continue. Like, it's not just like, oh yeah, we're just going to start the van and just go. Um, which oddly enough is what we ended up doing probably 15 minutes later. But, um, and I know you mentioned the DK story, Vic. Yeah, that was a different one. I forgot because you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys broke down so much. That oh, was yeah. where was we were every, at the, you name it anywhere. Yeah, we, went, we were uh, at the marathon station and Chris like talked to the mechanic there and he let him use his fucking tools, which was like, what Yeah, you guys were, was, Chris was uh, fixing the van at that gas station that's when brian put on your gear and was harassing customers and we're like come on man like these dudes letting him use his stuff don't do that oh man nuts um yeah i remember dk that was when our um one of the belts broke or something yeah yeah it was like an alternator belt um yeah and we had to send didn't didn't they have to like a whole van load of people went no the whole van load went in it it, was it might have been the vindicator van or it was the the aggressor van and they went into town and they picked some stuff up and so they come they're coming back and this is where like dk's in the car and he's got the side door on the van open and he's like you know saying something crazy and the part that they needed came flying out of the van while they were driving down the road and it didn't actually didn't get damaged but it was (laughs) what the fuck man nobody cared about anything we we could be (laughs) We it's could be handed reckless. a solution and we're just like, let's smash it. Let's throw it out the fucking <laughs> yeah. Didn't even – total nonsense. It was just oh, it was so good. It was crazy, so man. glorious. This is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before.